0: Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, petro.com It's Thursday. Now, it's really interesting. Two big developments to watch. Both involve Governor McKee. Both actually involved Channel 12. And I want you to keep an eye on them. One is the fact. Boy, the Cumberland connection with Governor McKee is certainly alive and well. And what I mean by the Cumberland connection is first, Governor McKee decides to bring Tony Silva, his former chief of police, when he was the mayor of Cumberland. And then Silva joined him in the lieutenant governor's office. And then Silva, of course, was his chief of staff. And I believe, well, he's back in the mix. And now all of a sudden, now that Governor McKee has gotten the four year term and who knows things are certainly not going smoothly that's for sure but another person he brings into the fold consummate insider former state senator and that is in fact again another Cumberland restaurant uh, a resident excuse me and the Cumberland connection Dan Connors Senator Dan Connors now let's see when was the last time we heard from Senator Dan Connors the last time was he was, in fact, working for then Gina Raimondo and Connors got nailed on a DUI in Narragansett. And then on top of that, not only did he try to do the, you know, do you know who I am type of card and try to pull that, it did not work. He was immediately let go, uh, resigned, but would have been fired from the Raimondo administration. But suddenly now he is back in the fold with Governor McKee. This is just another example. It is just it's one political insider after another with this governor. And, you know, the fact so there's no one. uh, and, And it's also great, by the way, that Channel 12 is once again the one that is breaking the story. Since Governor McKee blames the television station for a lot of his troubles even though it it actually has nothing to do with them. It's just, you know, good reporting and finding out various things that he's up to. So now you also have Governor McKee. They they can't it's the gang that can't shoot straight. He can't get out of his own way. Now you have this controversy about an email and it was an email that they received. And as a result of some of the conduct by one of uh, his people that were down in Philadelphia for a meeting, Uh, The guy apparently, allegedly, throughout the course of the day, acted so inappropriately that the people in Philadelphia they were meeting with sent an email to both Speaker Sakachi and also Governor McKee. Now, as a result of that, keep in mind, in state government, it's almost almost impossible to get fired. So the guy immediately goes out on medical leave. Uh, It's not a name that people would know. But what you need to know is, again, the McKee people are withholding information. And there's also a rift that seems to be taking hold. And that is with Attorney General Peter Narona. Attorney General Peter Narona is using social media to basically side with the media, Um, especially, well, it's on Twitter that I'm seeing it, where Attorney General Narona is siding with members of the media about the fact that the McKee people are playing it fast and loose with a lot of their document requests. So now that is significant only because it was Attorney General Peter Narona that helped out, you may remember, Governor McKee during the course of, of the, the primary that Governor McKee really kind of helped him out, um, was helped by the Attorney General by virtue of the fact that pina rona wouldn't take the bait about the fbi probe and governor mckee used that but that seemingly certainly seemingly is falling off the other thing is as tony silva continues to say that the only reason he was forced out as chief of staff is because of politics you have to know that that did not play well in any way with the attorney general so governor mckee on this thursday it has not been a great week and he's certainly having problems, the one Memorial hospital, all of these, uh, deals, the fed apparently did receive his letter as if that means anything, but I think one of the biggest things to watch here is how channel 12 has, um, really dug in and it's all above board. It's all good investigative work. It's wanting to find out we heard about this and then requesting information. But this, and, and the McKee people, they're so, the governor, they, they're so slippery. The fact they try to slide in these high paying jobs and they're not fully transparent. And the governor right now is not having any dealings with the press. And this is, you know, I want to remind people, it's Holy Week. Sunday is Easter. We're in the early part of April. And this has all the the makings that this is going to be. A very challenging six to nine months at the very least for the McKee administration. Now, as far as Mayor Smiley and these groups that are objecting with his uh, going after these ATVs, folks, he's totally in the right. Mayor Smiley is doing the right thing. He is taking the right type of action. It's just a lot of distractions, but something has to be done with the way that they are a deterrent to people that want to go into the city of Providence, the way they behave, uh, they are a menace, they're a danger on the roads. So you have two new leaders, Mayor Smiley who's being very proactive and using the media, I think appropriately you could even say, to try to further his cause. And then you have Governor McKee who seemingly the wheels are coming off and he can't get out of his own way. So it's Thursday we're going to speak with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, folks, you're listening to the John DiPietro show next time you have an emergency, think atmed urgent care two locations fifteen twenty four atwood avenue Johnston that's right in the atwood Medical Center and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. At Med Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At At Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families. They're on duty at all times. They're open seven days a week. Walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical. Now, if you're in a car accident, go to At Urgent Care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing at med urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 atwood avenue in johnston that's right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich online at admedurgentcare.net folks you're listening to the John DePietro show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. It's time for our legal legal segment. Joining us right now, he is our legal analyst, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys, and it is Attorney Tim Dot. start off, Mayor Smiley, I was there today, had a press conference with the new chief of police, Chief, um, and they announced. Uh, Oscar Perez they announced this new strategy they have it's going to be proactive and it has to do with these ATV vehicles that have essentially uh, terrorized uh, plagued the city the past couple of years this seems like a proactive approach to setting up a special unit and the ACLU and Black Lives Matter PAC has weighed in on
1: it well it's they got to do something Providence has to do something because these ATVs are a menace Um, they're trying a new approach. The the Smiley administration is, um, uh, I'm not sure they really hit on a successful plan. And certainly, as a citizen, I like the idea, but as an attorney, it makes me rather uncomfortable, some of the things that they're looking to do. Um, And that's where protective rights versus public safety sometimes um, come into conflict. Essentially um, the Smiley administration is looking for ways to criminalize um, some of this ATV activity. Certainly these things are unregistered um, motorized vehicles uh, typically um, sometimes driven by people who don't yet have a license to operate any motorized vehicle, but not always the case. So the police department is looking to put together a task force to be really focused on um, detection and apprehension and really to get ahead of where it's believed that some of these ATV um, incidents are likely to occur essentially try to be a step ahead of the ATV community, if you will. Now, they want to utilize the flock uh, safety surveillance system. And ever since that has been put into place, you know, civil, civil rights activists have been warning that it's a matter of time before this flock technology is abused. And this would seem to be a a valid test case. I mean, when these things were installed, the police were saying, well, this is a passive system. It's there. So we can, you know, look for things that might've occurred. Um, what's it going to be used for now? Are they going to have a cop watching this system for evidence of these, um, ATVs running around, um, it's very Big Brother-ish, and although I like the idea of getting these ATVs um, when they are, you know, menacing and um, coming around in large numbers harassing people, I love the idea of stopping it from happening, but utilizing this flock system uh, makes me uncomfortable, John. And, <clears throat> excuse me, they're also setting up a quote-unquote Anonymous tip line. Right. All Right. Uh, And that's also kind of, you know, Eastern European, you know, whisper complaints against your neighbor and get them arrested. And again, it might be for a valid purpose, but it is a slippery slope when you start having anonymous tip lines that you can utilize. And, you know, these um, surveillance systems. These systems, these camera systems, were not intended to this be on the lookout for ATVs and then you know call the cops that are in that area. Hey, we see ATVs on XYZ Street. You better go intercept them. The other thing, John, that I think is problematic is uh, Providence can't just say we've determined that um, this activity on an ATV is criminal and we're gonna set up the appropriate penalties for that. That would have to be really a state statute. Anything that the city would set up would essentially go in front of the municipal court at this juncture, which doesn't have incarceration. Well, it does have slight incarceration power, but not as a general rule. And the quote unquote crime that um, Mayor Smiley is looking to articulate really, I believe, would have to go through the General Assembly. It would have to be a statewide law, even though it's really a problem that's kind of unique to Providence. Sometimes it bleeds over into Cranston when yeah. they're operating, you know, near the near the city line between Providence and Cranston. So yeah. it would have to have something that would be um, equally enforceable in any of the 39 cities and towns not just providence so it's good pr it's good public relations it's good politically but i think that there are many many details that have to be worked out on this and although you know sometimes the aclu gets it and sometimes they don't i think they're kind of on the right track on this one as far as the surveillance cameras now, BLM comes in and says, well, you're going to be targeting, you know, black and brown people because these ATV incidents typically happen in neighborhoods that have a significant portion of black and sure. brown people. Right. Their and words, not my words. And yeah. the, is, the question is, well, if that's where the crime is occurring, assuming it's right. a crime, then right. that's where you're going to go look for the criminals. I'm not sure it's targeting based upon race. It just is coincidental, perhaps, that the people doing this are, as BLM says, black and brown people. So that's also going to be a very vexatious problem from a um, public relations standpoint for the city if they're seen to be targeting um, people of color, if you will. Um, But if that's where the ATV activity is occurring with a right. population I, of color, that's where the cops yeah. are going to go look.
0: Yes, that's that's who's riding the vehicles. Now, Tim Dodd, just correct me if I'm wrong, but this is my understanding of it. And again, I'm probably not going to use the best analogy, but <clears throat> so they're saying, okay, like they know of a garage uh, somewhere in Providence. And so the, the individual owns, you know, whatever it is type of garage, in an, even really in an industrial setting. And they have inside, that's where, these groups stack their bikes. So there's 20 of them inside. Now, the way someone could maybe look at it, but okay, right now it's in the garage. They're not breaking anything. It almost sounds you can't arrest them until they actually go out onto the street, such as if two guys are sitting in front of a bank and they're licensed to carry a firearm, um, they haven't gone in and robbed the bank. Maybe they have the intention of robbing the bank, but can police do anything until the ATV actually hits the streets. And now, now they're violating, you know, that these are bikes and vehicles that are not supposed to be on the street.
1: Well, yeah, if there's a business, up, op- I think your analogy is a good one. If there's okay. a business that's in the business of selling these things, repairing yeah. these things, storing these things, as long as they're in the appropriate um, zone, to conduct this type of business activity, and there's no like zoning violation, and they've got a business license, and all the other requisites for operating a commercial enterprise in Providence, then the fact that they're doing this is not criminal in and of itself. There'd have to be something further, Mm -hmm. as you say, if they're... Let's assume they're renting these things out by the hour to miners who don't have a license. And I'm just making that up. Sure. That would be something that would be actionable. But the fact that they run that type of business um, could not in and of itself be something to target or to harass such a business or to try to drive them out of the city. Again, I think all the cops know where these bikes are um, stored, repaired, sold, um, kept, but that's not enough. Yeah. And, and the, the problem is that these ATV gangs that, not gangs, but crowds of ATVs that suddenly um, go into a neighborhood or a particular street, they're harassing the cops, they're harassing motorists. But these ATVs are so agile that they're much more maneuverable than police vehicles. They can oh, cut, yeah. cut in and out through yards and driveways yep. and streets and sure. do all kinds of things. So they're, it's they can easily evade law enforcement. Yep. So for the cops, it's kind of like whack-a-mole. Where are they going to be yeah. today?
0: Right. Um, folks, quick break. Much more ahead, our legal analyst, Attorney Tim Dodd, right here. On the John DePietro show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 885 4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508 252 3359. Propane Heating and Cooling 885 4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508 252 3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane plus call them 401 885 4209. With our legal analyst, it's attorney Tim dot Well, Tim, over the course of the weekend and then in the early part of the week, big news hit. You have one, a member of the Providence College Friars, Alan Breed. He gets arrested early Saturday morning. Something happened Friday night. Uh, he has a on again or off again, girlfriend who lives off campus right near the, in the PC area. And she makes allegations. She goes to Providence police, goes to the campus, making these allegations. He bursts into her house. He pointed a weapon at her, had a gun. She recognized the gun. She was with him when he bought it. And, um, and he gets taken into custody. Now, he was held until uh, Tuesday afternoon. But uh, since then, at the bail hearing, his defense team starts to go to work and say that she basically recanted. Um, the attorney general, they're saying they're still going to send it to the grand jury to go through it. But this seems to be, it was a domestic, but what's made it different was the fact that there was, according to her, a gun display. Now, police did not locate a gun um I know the PC community they were upset you know they shouldn't have locked them up they couldn't find the gun but what are we to make of this uh Allen Breed case Tim Tim Dodd
1: well I think the 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 district court judge did the right thing on both occasions when a case comes in for arraignment the prosecutor usually it's a police prosecutor um, lays out the facts as it's known at the time of the arraignment. So at the time of this arraignment, it's that this guy had a gun. He was waving it, at, pointing it at this woman. Um, it was a domestic, you know, confrontation. Um, there are a number of charges coming out of that. So when you've got a domestic and you got a guy with a gun, allegedly pointing it at a female victim, that is a case where, um, holding the person without bail is appropriate based upon the facts that the judge knew on the day that this guy was originally presented. So bail is considered on two issues. Is he a flight risk? Well, not really. But is he a danger to the community? Well, the conduct that he's alleged to have engaged in would make him, you know, definitionally, A danger to the community. So he's held without bail. Um, He's got good lawyers. They're digging into the case. And um, I'm sure there was a lot of um, conversations between defense counsel and the attorney general's office. The AG's office came back a day or so later and said, you know, our witness is not cooperating. We've had an opportunity to look at some surveillance material, which is not consistent with her her. the story that she gave us, and now she's not talking to us. Good for the AG for coming in and correcting some of the narratives that they had provided a day earlier. Um, <clears throat> the judge then reconsidered, and he did allow this guy to be bailed. He set the bail at uh, 25000 with surety, meaning um this guy, Alan Breed, would have to post $2,500, and he's out of jail. Apparently, even after the AG told the judge that the witness was not cooperating and her story was changing and she wasn't that reliable, um, the AG still said, well, this guy should get bail, but it should be 50000 with surety. The judge cut that in half, said, no, no, 25000 with surety, but certainly warned um, alan breed to stay away from this woman under all circumstances even if she reaches out to him because if he makes any contact even if she initiates it he'll find himself back in jail so i think the court got it right on both ends of this thing the court was right to hold him without bail and the court was right to reconsider based upon the flood of new information that came in
0: does this seem tim dodd if, if they don't have a uh cooperating witness in this case who seemingly has now recanted uh what are the odds that they're going to have any success with the grand jury
1: well the biggest the biggest component of the alleged criminal offense is the handgun yeah now apparently she knows that this guy bought a handgun so it's convenient for her to say um he brought that handgun i know that handgun it's a blah blah handgun yeah well It could be true and it could be not true. And if that part of the story falls apart or this guy has an alibi or if the gun is, you know, nowhere to be found or seen, um, the case will fall apart.
0: Can you just before we move on, touch on uh, PC athletics, PHC fans, alumni boosters saying Providence police should not have arrested and held him because on Saturday morning when she made the accusations, they could not locate a gun.
1: Well, the, the, no, the, I mean, certainly he's a player. The PC nation wants him to be out on the street and have no criminal consequence. But the allegation of him showing up at her apartment for a domestic confrontation, waving a gun at her, um, those uh, arraignments are based upon allegations put forth by the prosecutor defense doesn't really get to argue much in the way of an alibi or anything like that you can pitch but it's really the court's considering bail based upon the presentation made by the prosecution so the fact that they hadn't yet found the gun um, would not be an appropriate reason to this we will give him personal reconnaissance um it it's a significant allegation that she made which warranted being held without bail but you know ag came back and said you know she's wobbly she's not cooperative her story's not holding up we think we think the court should reconsider we're asking that bail be granted based upon information we've learned so i mean pc fans can say oh this guy's been treated harshly but i i think um the judge in this case got it just right
0: folks again we are speak with our legal analyst attorney tim dot tim channel 12 broke this story that apparently two uh members of the mckee administration the director and then someone else this all has to do with this cranston street armory and they're down in philadelphia on friday march 10th and while they're there uh one of the individuals makes apparently some kind of inappropriate comments throughout the course of the day and so much so that when they return, Channel 12 learns the director administration, immediately goes to human resources. The individual who reportedly was supposedly making these inappropriate comments throughout the day, uh, starting that Monday, he goes out on, on paid sick leave. No one's saying anything. But the people down in Philadelphia, they, they it's called scout and they were I guess they refurbished these types of buildings. They sent an email to both the Speaker and Governor McKee, complaining about the inappropriate nature of this department head that had been in Philadelphia. So where things stand now is Channel 12 is trying to get their hands on this email. And as of now, the McKee people are playing this like, oh, you know, we'll consider it. The lawyers have to look it over. I'm just curious your take on the legal element of the McKee administration withholding this request um, from Channel 12.
1: Well, the question becomes, is the McKee administration withholding this information in violation of the law, or are they doing their due diligence consistent with the law? My understanding is that at least one or more media outlets has made an APRA request, which is a public records um, request. And when that type of request is made, it's not the, you know, the, the recipient of the request immediately has to turn over everything. It does require vetting. It does require being looked at by lawyers or other, you know, individuals within, I guess, in this case, the administration to determine what, if anything, should be disclosed and can be disclosed Is any of it protected by you know, other, other provisions of the law. So I'm sure that there'll be compliance within the time frame that an APRA request allows. Um, the request also went to the speaker's office. And my understanding yep. is that the speaker said, Hey, this has nothing to do with the house. <laughs> this, go, right. see, go see McKee. This is an executive yeah. branch issue. It's for them to Pun. deal with as they well, yeah. You know, sometimes you got to know when to punt. I mean, there's nothing to be gained by Joe getting in the middle of um, (laughs) a a contest between the media with an APRA request. And certainly it sounds like the McKee administration might be slow walking this thing. But that may just be appearances. I mean, it may well be the case that they are doing their due diligence. And although it may seem slow to the general public, um, I'm sure we're going to come to find that whether the, the reality and the facts of this are as ugly as people think, uglier or not quite so bad, that sure. the appropriate information will be released in due course. Certainly, we always want to hear the juicy stuff sooner than later. Right. But um, I, I, don't, I don't... It's a little or, unusual, right? Well, it is, but based on apparently the sensitivity of what might be disclosed sure. i think that Something. the administration's going to want to dot its i's and cross its t's to protect itself against yeah. whatever this guy who allegedly behaved inappropriately yeah. i wouldn't if i'm in the administration i wouldn't want this guy coming back after the administration saying you just released stuff that you shouldn't have so right. it's got to be carefully considered unfortunately
0: Folks, quick break. Much more ahead our legal analyst, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePetro show. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways, steps they did a fantastic job on my outside steps outdoor kitchens landscape lighting retaining walls lawn installations excavation call limitless outdoors today let's dream build and enjoy 401-580-1852 based in smithfield limitless outdoors they also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces limitless outdoors call them today free quote get the most of your outside you're gonna love what they can do for you 401-580-1852 401-580-1852 limitless outdoors dream build enjoy with our legal analyst it's attorney tim dot well Tim over the course of the weekend and then in the early part of the week big news hit you have one a member of the Providence College friars Alan Breed he gets arrested early Saturday morning something happened Friday night uh, he has a on again or off again girlfriend who lives off campus right near the in the PC area and she makes allegations she goes to the Providence police goes to the campus making these allegations he bursts into her house he pointed a weapon at her, had a gun. She recognized the gun. She was with him when he bought it. And um, and he gets taken into custody. Now, he was held until uh, Tuesday afternoon. But uh, since then, at the bail hearing, his defense team starts to go to work and say that she basically recanted. Um, the attorney general, they're saying they're still going to send it to the grand jury to go through it. But this seems to be, it was a domestic, but what's made it different was the fact that there was, according to her, a gun display. Now, police did not locate a gun. Um, I know the PC community, they were upset. You know, they shouldn't have locked them up. They couldn't find the gun. But what are we to make of this uh, Alan Breed case, Tim, Tim Dodd?
1: Well, I think the, the the district court judge did the right thing on both occasions. When a case comes in for arraignment, The prosecutor, usually it's a police prosecutor, um, lays out the facts as it's known at the time of the arraignment. So at the time of this arraignment, it's that this guy had a gun. He was waving it, pointing it at this woman. Um, It was a domestic, you know, confrontation. Um, There are a number of charges coming out of that. So when you've got a domestic and you got a guy with a gun allegedly pointing it at a female victim, that is a case where um, holding the person without bail is appropriate based upon the facts that the judge knew on the day that this guy was originally presented. So bail is considered on two issues. Is he a flight risk? Well, not really but is he a danger to the community? Well, the conduct that he's alleged to have engaged in would make him, you know, definitionally a danger to the community. So he's held without bail. Um, He's got good lawyers, they're digging into the case. And um, I'm sure there was a lot of um, conversations between defense counsel and the attorney general's office the AG's office came back a day or so later and said, you know, our witness is not cooperating. We've had an opportunity to look at some surveillance material, which is not consistent with her, her the story that she gave us. And now she's not talking to us. Good for the AG for coming in and correcting some of the narratives that they had provided a day earlier. Um, <clears throat> The judge then reconsidered, and he did allow this guy to be bailed. He set the bail at uh, 25000 with surety, meaning um, this guy, Alan Breed, would have to post 2500 bucks, and he's out of jail. Apparently, even after the AG told the judge that the witness was not cooperating and her story was changing and she wasn't that reliable, Um, The AG still said, well, this guy should get bail, but it should be 50,000 with surety. The judge cut that in half, said, no, no, 25,000 with surety, but certainly warned um, Alan Breed to stay away from this woman under all circumstances, even if she reaches out to him, because if he makes any contact, even if she initiates it, he'll find himself back in jail. So I think the court got it right on both ends of this thing. The court was right to hold him without bail and the court was right to reconsider based upon the flood of new information that came in.
0: Does this seem Tim Dodd, if if they don't have a cooperating witness in this case, who seemingly has now recanted, uh, what are the odds that they're going to have any success with the grand jury?
1: Well, the biggest, the biggest component of the alleged criminal offense is the handgun. Yeah. Now, Apparently, she knows that this guy bought a handgun, so it's convenient for her to say um, he brought that handgun. I know that handgun. It's a blah, 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 handgun. Yeah. Well, it could be true and it could yeah. be not true. And if that part of the story falls apart or this guy has an alibi or if the gun is you know nowhere to be found or seen, um, the case will fall apart.
0: Can you just, before we move on, touch on uh, PC Athletics, PC fans, alumni, boosters saying Providence Police should not have arrested him, held him because on Saturday morning, when she made the accusations, they could not locate a gun.
1: Well, the, the, no, the, I mean, certainly he's a player. The PC Nation wants him to be out on the street and have no criminal consequence, but the allegation of him showing up at her apartment for a domestic confrontation, waving a gun at her. Um, Those arraignments are based upon allegations put forth by the prosecutor. Defense doesn't really get to argue much in the way of an alibi or anything like that. You can pitch, but it's really the courts considering bail based upon the presentation made by the prosecution So the fact that they hadn't yet found the gun um, would not be an appropriate reason to this, oh, we'll give him personal reconnaissance. Um, It's a significant allegation that she made, which warranted being held without bail, but you know... AG came back and said, you know, she's wobbly. She's not cooperative. Her story's not holding up. Yep. We, think, we, we think the court should reconsider. We're asking that bail be granted based upon information we've learned. So, I mean, PC fans can say, oh, this guy's been treated harshly. But I, I think um, the judge in this case got it just right.
0: Folks, again, we will speak with our legal analyst attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, Channel 12 broke this story that, apparently two uh members of the mckee administration the director and then someone else this all has to do with this cranston street armory and they're down in philadelphia on friday march 10th and while they're there uh one of the individuals makes apparently some kind of inappropriate comments throughout the course of the day and so much so that when they return channel 12 learns the director administration immediately goes to human resources the individual who reportedly was supposedly making these inappropriate comments throughout the day. Uh, starting that Monday, he goes out on, on paid sick leave. No one's saying anything, but the people down in Philadelphia, they, they it's called Scout, and they were, I guess they refurbished these types of buildings. They sent an email to both the Speaker and Governor McKee complaining about the inappropriate nature of this department head that had been in Philadelphia. So where things stand now is Channel 12 is trying to get their hands on this email. And as of now, the McKee people are playing this like, oh, you know, we'll consider it. The lawyers have to look it over. I'm just curious your take on the legal element of the McKee administration withholding this request um, from Channel 12.
1: Well, the question becomes, is the McKee administration withholding this information in violation of the law, or are they doing their due diligence consistent with the law? My understanding is that at least one or more media outlets has made an APRA request, which is a public records um, request. And when that type of request is made, um, it's not that you know, the, the recipient of the request immediately has to turn over everything. It does require vetting. It does require being looked at by lawyers or other, you know, individuals within, I guess in this case, the administration, to ter- determine what, if anything, should be disclosed and can be disclosed. Is any of it protected by you know other other provisions of the law? So I'm sure that there'll be compliance within the time frame that an APRA request allows. Um, the request also went to the speaker's office, and my understanding yep. is that the speaker said, hey, this has nothing to do with the House. The go, <laughs> right. go see McKee. This is an executive yeah. branch issue. It's for them to punt. deal with as they – well, yeah. you know, sometimes you got to know when to punt. I mean, there's yeah. nothing to be gained by Joe getting in the middle of um, – a, a, a A contest between the media with an APRA request. And certainly, it sounds like the McKee administration might be slow walking this thing. But that may just be appearances. I mean, it may well be the case that they are doing their due diligence. And although it may seem slow to the general public, um, I'm sure we're going to come to find that whether the, the reality and the facts of this are as ugly as people think, uglier or not quite so bad, that sure. the appropriate information will be released in due course. Certainly, we always want to hear the juicy stuff sooner than later. Right. But um, I, don't, I don't... It's a little or, unusual, right? Well, it is, but based on apparently the sensitivity of what might be disclosed, True. I think that True. the administration is going to want to dot its I's and cross its T's to protect itself against yeah. whatever this guy who allegedly behaved inappropriately. Yeah. I wouldn't, If I'm in the administration, I wouldn't want this guy coming back after the administration saying, you just released stuff that you shouldn't have. So right. it's got to be carefully considered, unfortunately.
0: Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal analyst attorney, Tim Dodd, right here on The John DePetro Show. falcon pest services 12 months of the year you could have a pest problem serving rhode island and massachusetts called falcon pest services today 401-739-1322 free consultation 401-739-1322 locally owned and operated serving rhode island and southeastern mass they offer services for termites bed bugs ants roaches mice rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or a restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com on this thursday folks again as much as um, how about you know nationally with president trump it's almost like all right now we resume our, our regular programming suddenly boom it's just kind of kind of gone i was thinking that him uh, going after the fbi certainly they don't help their cause yesterday with that they made a mistake they raided the wrong room when they was doing a training exercise now again um you talk to law enforcement these types of things can happen but um it, it certainly i think in some ways it's another example of uh some of the things that that can go wrong and happen in 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 real time and at the same virtue of that, um, law enforcement, they they put themselves in harm's way. I want to once again point out, you really want to pay attention to what's going on with Channel 12 and Governor McKee. And the reason why I like that they are... Channel 12 is breaking some stories right now regarding the McKee administration, just selfishly. He blames them for the ILO contract. He blames them for the FBI probe of his ILO contract he blamed channel 12 for the fact that his chief of staff Tony Silva had to resign his position so now from where I stand channel 12 has not done anything wrong but that doesn't mean that there isn't bad blood um and and there was also if you remember during the debate when when they started to aggressively challenge Governor McKee with some of the accusations he was making and uh and there was that famous back and forth of where Tim Tim um Tim White and Ted Nisi and and they were saying, We are not gonna stand here and let you get away with this. It was very, very good television during the debate. So the governor, who right now, I mean there's nothing going right for the governor. He can do these photo ops and and he's, you know, trying to cut ribbons. It's all federal money. It's all things actually that he has nothing to do with. But, um, but at the same token, his uh, administration is taken on water. And look how Governor McKee is so provincial. Nothing against the people of Cumberland. Nothing against the experience of the people in Cumberland. But for crying out loud, you're the governor. You could, is it possible to move outside of just hiring people from Cumberland in the form of Dan Connors and, and Tony Silva? Will Pork Boy be joining the administration? We don't know. But Governor McKee, Channel 12, they're not gonna let up. They want that email regarding that individual. Now there's the thing with Dan Connor, And McKee is like, oh, you know, everyone makes mistakes. We can let him back with these high paying jobs. He is a political insider. He was tied in with uh, Joe Montabano. Folks, it just does not end. At some point though, next month, remember the COVID money's coming to an end. So all these fun and games that the McKee administration, that they're part of, all of that is going to be ending very soon. Then he's going to actually have to start to govern. And by all accounts, these projects that he wants to do, they're not going to happen. Soccer Stadium, not happening. Superman Building, not happening. So it's Thursday. I think the governor is once again hobbling almost into the Easter weekend. But there's no end in sight. The next few months it's going to be a difficult time for the governor of rhode island who continues i would argue just continues to be his own worst enemy i know he feels that the press is against him but i would argue that governor mckee certainly doesn't make things easy on himself so you are listening to the john DePietro show for over 125 years ameriprise financial has provided advice for clients unique goals Help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today, AmeriPrize Financial, 401 434 1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for, for you through a personal, one on one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today. AmeriPrize Financial Advisors, 401 434 1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, AmeriPrize Financial, 401 434 1510. Call right now, 401 434 1510. Tom Bryan, AmeriPrize Financial Advisors. remain healthy stop it and see marie at it's my health 1099 Menden road in cumberland you can also look for on facebook but call her 401 305 3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection menden road in cumberland again call marie 401 305 3585 diagonally across from david restaurant This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food, and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area; there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather; they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge.